Good to be back with you today, and I want to start a, a brand new sermon series. And um, I don't know how many weeks we'll do it, but we're going to look at this for several weeks as we move through, uh, moving through the month of May and into the summer. And we're going to go through the book of Proverbs uh, with this sermon series entitled, Wise Up. Now, so Proverbs is a part of the Old Testament that's known as the wisdom literature. And that's Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. And supposedly, uh, the wise writings and sayings of Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. So today we're going to begin looking at the book of Proverbs to learn how to acquire wisdom and then apply this wisdom to basically every area of our life, our spiritual life, our vocational life, our friendships, our finances, uh, our family life, and, and more. And so look with me, if you will, for our reading of the Scriptures, the introduction to the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1 and reading through verse 6. This tells us uh, the entire essence of why Solomon gave us these words of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. So the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Now, there we have the introduction to the book of Proverbs. I'm also reminded that a few years ago, a young man by the name of Adam Brown was preparing to leave home and go to college. And his father, uh, Jackson Brown, decided he would give to his son some basic instructions that hopefully would help him through this new stage in his life. And he wrote down some very important things for him to help him go through this grown-up world, compiled it in a little booklet, and eventually it was published, and, and, and it was entitled Life's Little Instruction Book. You might have seen it. You might have a copy of it. I know that I have a copy of it. I have had one somewhere. I looked everywhere this week, and I couldn't find it, but I know that I have it somewhere. So there was Life's Little Instruction Book. Very important. Well, approximately 3,000 years ago, King Solomon did the same thing. He was the wisest man ever to live, and he compiled a, complex, a, compl a collection of the wisdom that he had accumulated over the years, and he presented that collection to his son to help him, as the Scripture says here, attain wisdom and discipline and to acquire a disciplined and prudent life. So we could say that the book of Proverbs is the original life's little instruction book. And it does contain for us advice for getting life together and then keeping life together. Now, obviously, we've got to ask the question, or at least it was important for me to deal with this. How did, how did Solomon get all this wisdom? You know, where did Solomon get all, all this knowledge and this wisdom that he had. Well, if you go back to 1 Kings chapter 3, you'll find the story of how Solomon was becoming king in the place of his father David. And God came to him in a dream, spoke to him, and told Solomon, I will give you anything that you ask for as you assume the kingship. And Solomon, in his wisdom, I do believe his wisdom prevailed, asked for one thing, 
and one thing only. And that was that he asked for God to bless him with wisdom. He asked for God to bless him with wisdom so that he could have a discerning mind in leading and governing his people. And God's answer to that was this. Since you have asked for wisdom and not for a long life or wealth or power over your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. Plus, I will give you what you didn't ask for, wealth, honor, and a long life. Now, if you go on and read in the first Kings chapter 4, verses 29 through 34, it tells us about Solomon's wisdom and his words that he recorded. Over 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs that Solomon wrote. So Solomon was multi-talented, multi-gifted. He was absolutely perhaps the wisest man who ever lived. Solomon knew the value of wisdom. And he knew that if we had wisdom in our life, then our life will be enriched in every way. And the book of Proverbs deals with that. See, it, it works like this. If, if you have wisdom... You'll not only know how to make money, but you will know how to keep your money. If you have wisdom, you will be able to find and develop lasting friendships. If you have wisdom, you'll know what to say and when to say it. If you have wisdom, you'll know how to avoid the misery that people bring on themselves, and you'll know how to maximize your personal happiness. If you have wisdom... You'll be able to raise your kids the right way. If you have wisdom, you'll be able to sleep at night because you won't be dreading the consequences of your actions. So you see, when you have wisdom, you are indeed blessed. But unfortunately, our natural inclination as sinful people is not towards wisdom, but towards foolishness. In fact, Proverbs 14, 12 tells us this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. So in order to succeed in life, we need wisdom. Proverbs tells us how to get wisdom and how to apply wisdom in our life. And as we move through the book of Proverbs, we're going to see how experience will help us wise up as we read and study the book of Proverbs. And we will find verse after verse, chapter after chapter, some plain and straightforward practical wisdom that will enable us to navigate life. Now, this being Mother's Day, I don't want to ignore that even though we have had a video about Mother's Day. But I want to share with you some words of wisdom that a mother passed on. This is actually a part of a graduation speech by Mary Schmick, who was a, a columnist for the Chicago Tribune. And a couple of years ago, well, back in 2013, I think it was, she was asked to give the graduation address at Wesleyan College in Macon, Georgia, where her mother, many years before that, had graduated. And so she compiled some thoughts of wisdom from her mother that she wanted to pass on to the graduates. Now, next Sunday, we'll recognize our high school graduates. But I thought it would be neat to hear some words of wisdom from this mother. And her daughter caught the essence of that, and she learned how to pass that on. So this is what she said. Some things she said, ten things my mother might have wanted you to know. She said, number one, life will shock you. 
You know, you can plan and dream, but your dream can be shattered. So life will shock you. She said, number two, everything will look better in the morning. She said that was her mother's favorite line. It took years of going to sleep and waking up to understand that profound truth. Everything will look better in the morning. Number three, give people the benefit of the doubt. She said, this was my mother's second favorite line. An unfashionable statement in a world in which being cynical often masquerades as being smart. There's another way of saying be generous. And then she added this. Social media and the relentless news cycle has made it easier and more tempting than ever to get on your bullhorn and deride other people for their politics, their religion, their clothes, their bodies, their sense of humor. Giving people the benefit of the doubt doesn't mean condoning bad behavior. It does mean considering that however boneheaded other people's behavior may seem to you, their memories may not be so different from your own. So give people the benefit of the doubt. Number four, she said, read. I say that to my children and grandchildren all the time. Read, read. Number five, this was her concern, stop smoking. Number six, remember, politics is just a piece of life. And she went on to fabricate that by saying, we live in a world that more than ever brands people as Republicans or Democrats, left or right, red or blue. Listening to the media, you think that politics is everyone's primary identity. It's not. There are things that bind us even when politics divide us, music, nature, sports, family, and love. Politics and how we vote are important, but see benefit of the doubt above, okay? Number seven, there's always enough to give something away. No matter how little you have, someone else has less. Give something away. Your talents, your time, your money, your willingness to listen. Number eight, she said, remain a spiritual Seeker. That's a great challenge for us to think about. Always remain a spiritual seeker. In other words, continue to grow and develop in the pursuit of God's wisdom and knowledge and His ways. Number nine, find community. The best place for the community is in a church family. And then the last thing she said is, even the terrible things can be beautiful. She said, on the days that the world doesn't seem wonderful, go back and refer to things will look better in the morning. I thought those were some wonderful words of wisdom from a mother passed on to her daughter. Now, it also is important for us to notice as we look at Proverbs that that wisdom is referred to in the feminine pronoun. At least two places, let me point out that to you. So mothers, you're getting some due here. Uh, in Proverbs 1, 20 through 23, the scripture says, wisdom calls aloud in the street. She Raises her voice in the public squares. At the, in the, at the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. In the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. Then we go in Proverbs 3, verses 13 through 18. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed.
So what is this wisdom that we're talking about? I think it can be summarized very clearly and very succinctly. Wisdom is the ability to make good decisions. Wisdom is the ability to make good decisions. So you can be intelligent. You can be well-educated. You can be brilliant. But you might not make wise decisions. Making wise decisions is a sign of wisdom. And in what areas? Well, in every area of life. Making wise decisions about what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say, about what action to take, and about what action not to take. Wisdom that we're going to be talking about, get wising up over the weeks to come, is the ability to make good decisions. If you know the right thing, you're intelligent, you're well-informed. But if you do the right thing, then you're wise. Now, the ultimate question then is, is how do we get this wisdom? How do we know that we have enough knowledge to use it correctly for the glory of God? Well, Proverbs 9.10 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So that's a quick reminder to us that we obtain wisdom by putting God in the very center of our life and centering our life around everything else that happens in our life. The wisest thing that any of us can do is to allow God to rule in our life, to be the Lord of our life, and to be at the very center of our life. Now, let's move through this passage of Scripture, the introduction to Proverbs, by by asking and answering three very simple, basic questions. Number one, what is a proverb? What is a proverb? Well, we've got a whole book of them here, 31 chapters of them. We also have had a lot of proverbs that we find in our culture, in our society. And I think every culture and society has them. Now, the word proverb itself tracks back to the Latin word proverbium, which is a compound word, pro, meaning on behalf of, and verba, meaning word. So you put those two together, and we have a proverb. It's a short statement on behalf of many words. And so the truth is that proverbs have been one of the key ways that we have taught some deeper truths all throughout our culture and our society. Here are some that I think you will recognize from our own culture. Look before you leap. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. A stitch in time saves nine. Uh, Better to be standing on shore wishing you were sailing than sailing wishing you were on shore. You might identify with that if you've ever been seasick. Mark Twain is said to have provided a proverb that President Harry Truman liked so much that he had it framed and hung in the Oval Office, and this is what it said. Always do what is right. This will gratify some and astonish the rest. So a proverb is a small statement with great significance. It stands in the place of a longer speech, yet it develops deeper lessons of truth. And none of the proverbs that you could ever find in our culture or any other culture around the world are as important and significant as we find in the book of Proverbs because these are God-ordained, Holy Spirit-breathed, given by God to Solomon as divine revelation for him to reveal to not only his son, but to all who would choose to read his words and come to be wise. So we will find Solomon address these things, what we should be but are not. 
what we should not be but are. Our world of relationships, family members, parents, children, friends, neighbors, and even enemies. He will tell us the truth about temptation, lust, greed, gossip, hatred, and disappointment. He will talk to us about finances and freedom and rebellion and relationships, and they'll all become a few words at a time. The body of the book of Proverbs is an inspired collection of God's wisdom that can help us navigate life in the fast lane. And that's where we live today. We need the wisdom of God to navigate life in the fast lane. Some of you might be familiar with Warren Wiersbe. He was a a tremendous Bible student and and scholar and writer and pastor and teacher uh, who published a a whole series of book commentaries on every every book of the Bible. And they always began with the word, word be. Like for Philippians, it was be joyful. Okay, so he went all through those. He died last week, and this is what he had said sometime earlier in, about the book of Proverbs. He said, Proverbs is a book that tells you how to become skillful in the lost art of making a life. You might want to write that down. Proverbs is a book that tells you how to become skillful in the lost art of making a life. That's what we'll find in the book of Proverbs is the wisdom to know how to make a life. A second question that comes to our mind then would be, what's the purpose of the book of Proverbs? Well, rarely do we find a book that just opens and tells us, a book in the Bible, that tells us what the purpose might be. As we went through the seven I am statements of Jesus in the book of John in preparation for the presentation of the book of John, uh, that modern passion play, we found the words in John 20 verses 30 through 31 where John tells us why he wrote the book of John. And he says, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life. In his name. See, John tells us right away that the reason he wrote the book of John, the Gospel of John, is so that people would come to know and believe and trust in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the Son of God, our Savior. Now, the book of Proverbs is not the sum total of wisdom biblically, but it is sufficient to allow us to walk in wisdom. And if we look at the book of Proverbs, and mine has a heading right here at the beginning of Proverbs, my Bible. It says, Prologue, Purpose, and theme. And then Solomon goes through in six verses, he gives us seven reasons why he wrote the book of Proverbs. Number one in verse two, he says, so that we would know wisdom. That's the ability to make right decisions. And that ability comes from God and God's word. And we know that it comes from God because God is the only wise God. That's in Jude one twenty-five. James 1.25, James 1.5 tells us, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Paul wrote to the Colossians and said in Colossians 1.9, I am praying for you that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and understanding. God communicates wisdom to us. We need to wise up and hear that wisdom and take it to heart and apply it in our life so that we will make wise decisions. The wisdom is developed as a result of hearing and obeying the Scriptures. Second reason that he tells us that he wrote this is so that his son would have discipline. 
The concept here behind that word in verse 2 of discipline refers to the knowledge that we gain from the mistakes of others. We've all been there. We've gained knowledge from the mistakes that others have made in life. They might have been smarter. They might have been better educated, but they didn't use their wisdom in the correct way. They didn't make wise decisions with it, and we can learn from their mistakes. Thirdly, he says he wants his son to understand words of insight in verse 2. That means to distinguish good from evil and right from wrong. And we certainly need that today. Fourth reason he wrote this is so his son would receive instruction uh, in the prudent life. That is to do what is right and just and fair. Fifth reason he wrote it is so that his son would gain a critical thought process. One of the most important things that we can learn today is to have that, a, a critical thinking process. That doesn't mean that you are negative and you criticize everything, but it means that you have the ability to have a critical process in which you process everything in your life. And if we had a better critical thinking skills, then we could better make wise decisions with all the knowledge that we have. You see, the word prudence can be translated with the nuance of shrewdness or critical thinking. And the reason for that is because he calls us even here either simple or naive. We're gullible in so many different ways. There are too many people who will believe anything. But throughout Proverbs, the naive or the simple are warned to think. To think. Proverbs 27, 12 says, A prudent man sees evil and hides himself. The naive proceed and pay the penalty. So you see, this making wise decisions and thinking go hand in hand. And Solomon points that out to us. Then the sixth reason he says he wrote this is so that his young son would know discretion and knowledge to the young. That's in verse 4. Now that's certainly a word, not just to adults, but to our children, our high school and college students. And you might be sitting here a little bit older than that and saying, well, you know, that rules me out. I'm aging, remember? Well, that's interesting. The Old Testament word here, translated youth, is also used in Scripture to refer to an infant in Exodus 2.6, a 17-year-old in Genesis 37.2, and a nearly middle-aged man in Genesis 41.12. So referring to youth seems to refer to anyone on the threshold of maturity. And that's all of us as we seek to grow in the wisdom and knowledge and stature of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then the seventh reason he said that he wrote this is so that his son would understand wise teachings in verse 6. And he lists things like parables, proverbs, sayings, and riddles. People back in that day loved to have riddles that that would occupy their mind. I guess that's before they had a lot of other things that we have today to occupy their mind. But they they would have these riddles and try to figure these riddles of life out and spend their time on those. So Solomon is referring to a lot of different things here that all relate to the process of knowing the wise thing to do and doing it. Now, we come to the last and third question, and that is, what is the practical application of this book of Proverbs? Well, here's where we put wisdom to work. In our lives. And I want to mention three ways. That when God is at the very center of our lives, there are three ways that we can wise up. And that is make wise decisions with the knowledge that we have. Number one, 
we must believe that thoughts and behavior have consequences and produce corresponding results. So we must believe that thoughts and behavior have consequences and produce corresponding results. You know, the reason we do some of the stupid things we do is because we don't believe in consequences. You know, we think we can eat all the pizza and ice cream that we want and never gain a pound. And how wrong we are. Or you can smoke three packs of cigarettes a day and think there'll be no consequences and you end up losing a lung. We think we can yell and scream at our kids to enforce discipline and still have a positive influence upon them. But it doesn't work that way, does it? See, our actions have consequences. And all of our actions have consequences. All behavior produces corresponding results. Good behavior produces good results. One of the reasons we don't do some of the things that we know we should do is because we have the what's the use mentality. In other words, we've been told that no matter how hard we try, we'll never get ahead and that things uh, like wisdom will never be ours to grasp. But Proverbs teaches us the exact opposite. Proverbs teaches us that we can count on the consequences. Behavior produces corresponding results. Let me give you a couple examples of that. Proverbs 13.11 tells us that he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. You see, rather than just blowing your money because you say, I'll never get ahead anyway, listen to what Proverbs says. He who gathers money little by little makes it grow. You add to your savings little by little by little. Over a period of time, you've got a nice nest egg. Proverbs 13, 18 warns us this. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. You see, that's a consequence. You ignore wisdom, you come to poverty and shame. Proverbs 14, 23 shows us the results in the contrast between work and talk. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. In other words, are you going to do what needs to be done or are you going to talk about what needs to be done? So we have to believe then that, that, that every action has a consequence. Sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good. And we learn to distinguish those in the book of Proverbs. The second lesson we're to learn is that we're to learn lessons from the positive and negative examples around us. See, we don't have to learn every lesson in life by personal experience. We can learn from others what they did wisely, well, they didn't do so wisely. As each of my children came to a certain age in life, I, I, I would talk to them in roundabout ways to say to them, look, be smarter than I was in life. I heard people say the same thing to me when I was your age. And they would say, be smarter than I was. Let me tell you what to avoid. Don't do the same things I did. Don't make the same mistakes that I made. And I said, I wasn't smart enough to listen to them. I said, but I think you're smarter than I am. And I want, you to, I want to tell you right up front, don't make the same mistakes that I made. Okay? Now, that's good parental advice. That's wisdom. See, we can learn from those who have gone before us. Those who are wise and have made wise decisions, we can get their advice. We can surround ourselves with people who are wiser than we are. In fact, Proverbs says this in Proverbs 13, 20. 
He who walks with the wise grows wise. You need to remember that. He who walks with the wise grows wise. You ever have anybody like your mother in the past say something to you like you sleep with dogs, you're going to get fleas? Yeah. You walk with the wise, you're going to get wise. Solomon knew that. That's tremendously important. Then the third thing I think that you need to do as we apply the wisdom of Proverbs to our life is we need to immerse ourselves in God's wisdom. We got a wonderful book here, 66 chapters. But for a few weeks, we're going to focus upon the book of Proverbs that has 31 chapters in it. The Bible's got 66 books in it. We're going to focus on the book of Proverbs. I would encourage you to read through the book of Proverbs as we go through this study. Read a chapter of Proverbs a day, and in a month's time, you'll have it covered. Go back and do it again. You're, I think you'll order include some Proverbs into your daily Bible reading every day. I don't care what else you're doing in your devotion life. You need to put some wisdom along with that. And you will find, as you read that, I mean, some of the chapters along with a lot of things, you could focus on one or two Proverbs within that chapter. But little by little, as you immerse yourself in the Word of God and the wisdom of the book of Proverbs, those truths will begin to stick with you. And you know what happens? You will find yourself getting just a little bit wiser every time you read them. And every time you read through them, and every time you apply one of those Proverbs to your life. So, here we go through the book of Proverbs. Wise up. Wise up because the book of Proverbs shows us how to get life together and how to keep it together. It shows us how to make good decisions. And when we wise up in God's wisdom, we recognize that every decision and action we make produces consequences. So over the next several weeks, I don't know how many we're going to be here, we're going to wise up as we look at the book of Proverbs and more and more we put God at the very center of our life and we ask him to fill our lives with his wisdom. That's my hope and prayer for us as we go through the book of Proverbs. I hope you'll join us as we go through this journey of the book of Proverbs in the weeks to come. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the wisdom that you impart to us all the way through your word. But we're so grateful and thankful for the words of Proverbs that come from Solomon and which came from you. He asked only for wisdom, and you granted him wisdom. You granted him other things as well, but wisdom is so important. And we, we take these words of wisdom that you gave to Solomon and that he shares with us in the written word. Help us to, to take these to heart into our life so that we can wise up. And with all of our wisdom, make wise decisions in life. Help us to put life together and keep life together in the fast pace in which we live today. Father, may we do it as we look to you, the only wise God, and center our lives around you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen.